this episode of Futuramapedia, Too Hot for Radio. Welcome to Futuramapedia. I'm Steve Gower. I'm Mike Merserell. And on today's show, uh, just covering a topical episode, it is uh, Ben Hur, uh, related to the Olympics, which just wrapped up. Got some topics that we want to cover off, but first, uh, we have some Futurama news. Good news, everyone! So, the Comic-Con International just happened, and they divulged some of the stories that are coming up. In Futurama, so on the panel they had uh, they had the creator Matt Groening, executive producer David X. Cohen, uh, of course stars Billy West, uh, Katie Segal, John DiMaggio, Lauren Tom, and Maurice LaMarche, and along with them also director Steven Sandoval and writer Patrick Verone. So there's uh, a few interesting things they were they were talking about that's coming up on upcoming upcoming episodes. Yeah, I bet. I was just going to say I would have loved to be at that panel. Yeah, they have one that uh, they're talking that they go to Oktoberfest and where Fry expects a beer party, but instead he finds the world's most sophisticated celebra- <laughs> celebration of German culture. That sounds almost like it would be like a Simpsons episode. Just replace all the Simpsons characters with uh, Futurama characters. Anyways... They should do uh, a Simpsons Futurama crossover. Didn't they sort of do that? Yeah, they did a comic. Uh, so in an upcoming episode, uh, John DiMaggio divulged that uh, Bender's going to go fox hunting with guest star Patrick Stewart. Ah, oh, awesome. And he said it's going to be fun on a bun until he realizes that he's hunting is a poor, helpless robot. Uh, oh. You know what? He's, this is quote. Uh, so it's probably like uh, maybe uh, the most dangerous game adapted for robots. Yeah, exactly. They they also asked uh, if Zoidberg will get some action soon and maybe Scruffy. And Billy West said, uh, yeah, he's going to get some action. <laughs> and so apparently there's an episode coming up that uh, deals with Zoidberg's personal body odor, odor issues and he falls in love with a woman who has no sense of smell. The perfect mate for Zoidberg. That is true, I, but I guess uh, they would also have to deal with uh, his wanting to eat, eat garbage all the time. I think it's more than just a sense of smell. So who knows how that would develop. Maybe she's a freakin'. <laughs> I guess wouldn't that make... I guess Zoidberg would be a freakin' as well by, by necessity. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so what else do we have... Uh, from Comic Con International. Oh yeah, the uh, the the Fry meme. Um, if you're not familiar with that one, it's you know that uh, s- picture of Fry making a squinty face, and it goes like, "Not sure if, whatever, or just something else." Not sure if this is a generic voicemail message or I mistakenly dialed Billy West. So um, apparently they they brought up uh, a little uh, a. A frame 
for Billy West to make the squinty face in, and they had him say a whole bunch of different uh, fry memes in the fry voice. So one was, uh, actually there's quite a few examples here. There's not sure if San Diego Convention Center or just a small wing of Matt Groening's house. Uh, and there's different ones. Uh, not sure if Comic-Con or Keg Party in District 9. Not sure if Futurama panel or just a room filled with 5,000 of the world's most attractive geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one was a pretty good one. So those are the only... Uh, those are the only examples. I wish I could do it in a fry voice, but I, I can't. Also, apparently we're going to meet Professor Farnsworth's parents. Apparently they're still alive. Yeah, um, I guess they'd have to be pretty old. But the professor lives... Well, he's ancient now. He's got to be almost nearing 180. Yeah, he must be in his 18th decade. <laughs> well, so... Oh, well... Well, his parents are probably still alive, but they're in, you know that that planet that they take the old people to? That's a parody of the Matrix? Yeah. It's probably there. Maybe they rescued them. It could be, yeah. But they probably forgot about that episode entirely. We didn't. No. Nope. What is that thing called? Anyways. More news, everyone! <laughs> Uh, apparently, there's this 3D art that has been created by this uh, graphic artist. His name is Jared Krachevsky, and he did these five 3D images. They're really good. They're amazing. Yeah, we'll have a link on the blog. Yeah. Um, we have a blog, by the way. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, you, you like which one did you like the best? I liked Nibbler the best. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. I'd say that's a pretty realistic depiction of Nibbler. Zoidberg was the scariest, I think. He was. He was. His there were many sharp things on his body, oh. and he was ripped. He wasn't the kind of yeah. He wasn't flabby. Flabby Zoidberg makes me kind of not want to see what uh, Hermes' depiction would be like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <it's laughs> Was, Speaking was, of which, we're going to be talking about Hermes' physique later oh, in the yes, show today. His uh, Olympic entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're first, not there yet. No, we just wanted to quickly remind you that we do have a blog that you can visit. It's uh, futuramapedia.blogspot.com. We're not really posting very much on it, but uh, you'll find like show notes. So if you want to find out what music we played in in the podcast. Or, for example, links to great 3D art. Uh, we just put random links there that we talked about in the show. A little bonus material. Yeah. And you can leave comments. Yeah, uh, yeah. feel free to leave comments. Uh, we've had uh, some comments already, and we appreciate that. Good Plural? feedback. Well, I'm counting my comment in reply to the one comment. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Not too many people know about it. That's, that's the issue. Um, Tell your friends. Yeah, but if you don't want to leave a comment on the on the blog, you can also send an email. Uh, we've got one set up at futuramapedia at outlook.com. It's all one word, futuramapedia. I don't think uh, it, I don't think it's case sensitive. It's the Encyclopedia of Futurama. Yep, that's what the pedia means. And you can download the podcast on iTunes for free. <laughs> oh wait, you <laughs> already knew free. that. Yeah. Um, or if you're really not a fan of iTunes, you could uh, download the podcast through the blog. 
the Olympics just wrapped up. Uh, the closing ceremonies were uh, this past Sunday, August 12th. So we're way past doing any tie-in, uh, uh, timely tie-in stuff, but you know, we still want to talk about it. It was basically what gave us the inspiration for this podcast. Yeah, and uh, well, we want to be a little proud of our uh, country's uh, accomplishments. So yeah, Canada got a total of 18 medals, which got them uh, 13th overall in the medal standings. They won a top 12, and they were close, but apparently... The Ukraine beat them out in the last day. The Ukraine. Uh, But that relates to our episode that we wanted to talk about today, which was the season four episode, Bend Her. to the games of the 3004 Earth Olympiad, continuing this network's tradition of sportscasting excellence. Celebrity Ape Fight will return next week at its regular time. So, as we always do, the synopsis, according to 30th Century Fox, is Bender's scam to win Olympic gold sets him on a road to becoming a celebrity wife. So basically, to get into the Olympics... Uh, Bender can't get into the male category. Well, yeah, because he's not. Uh, he he watches the male robots compete, and sees that he's got no chance. Yeah. Well, he can compete. He just won't win. Yeah. So he he uh, wants to win a medal. He gets a sex change. Yeah, uh, a robo sex change. Robo sex change. Well, only because he tries to compete disguised as as a, a female robot, mm-hmm. and then he wins all the medals, and yeah. then they do the gender testing. Yeah, I don't understand exactly how they can differentiate between uh, testosterone or femzoil. Yeah. Well, and they must do gender testing now because they don't do drug testing. It, we, it must be like Blurns Ball where steroids are actually, mandatory. they do currently do gender testing. I was just reading uh, in the magazine about it. There's been some cases... Oh, in the in the, real yeah. Olympics. No, well, not Olympics, but I think in like, you know, events leading up to the Olympics. Uh, mostly track and field type of things where they, you know, don't think that a woman is actually a woman. Anecdote accepted. Snappy comeback not found. Anyways. So, yeah, Bender gets a sex change uh, so that uh, well, he, initially he is not disqualified. Yeah, initially, so he doesn't get disqualified, but then it turns out uh, that Calculon uh, from All My Circuits has an interest in... in uh, Coilette from Rabonia. Um, so he deve- Bender develops a plan to scam Calculon for all his money, and then they fall in love. Yeah. He has a change of heart later. Also, another change of sex. <laughs> so he, he a change goes- of sex, a change of heart, and then a change of sex. Yeah. Also, he got uh, Calculon gave Coilette. I'm just going to call him Bender. Yeah, gave Bender the remote to his heart yeah because it, he has the power of swaying all of his emotions now you could assume that it was just a metaphor but i think we agree that it is the literal remote control to his heart if ben if robots have hearts yeah well calculon probably does he has a wide range of emotions remember <laughs> because he's a soap opera yeah. actor i think i still think that was a pretty pretty uh 
smooth line. That was pretty good. Hail, hail, Rabonia, a land I didn't make up. So, uh, because we picked this episode for the tie into the Olympics, so we thought we would talk about the Olympics of the future. And uh, it's the 3004 Olympics that uh, this episode depicted, plus the opening act, according to... uh, I think this all happened at the Madison Cube Garden. Every sporting event in Futurama happens at the Madison Cube Garden. Yeah. See, they only need one venue for the entire World Olympics. We, we noticed uh, in, in the opening ceremonies there, uh, well, Mike noticed, uh, you saw a robot with a Canadian flag in yeah. the stands. And then they, uh, during the procession in... You see Canada pretty prominently. see Canada. If you haven't figured out we're from Canada. Yeah. I don't know if our listeners know that. No, uh I noticed, though, um, that there, the United States wasn't really shown. Yeah, not it's really. Weird. But uh, some of the other nations I have pulled up here, uh, Siberia, spelled with a C, they were the robots. Rabonia. Uh, well, Rabonia, a land, because... A land he didn't make up. Yeah. Uh, Nation of Joe. Where the, the flag is a, a picture of his face. Uh, Devil's Island. Uh, Republic of French stereotypes, complete with baguettes, berets, and cigarettes. Mm, I think cigarettes and red and white striped shirts. Oh right, right. Oh, America is listed here. Canada, United Kingdom, Sweden, Jamaica, Belgium, South Korea, and Chile round out the list. So not very many countries participating. I imagine that's because uh, shown. Well, shown. I'm sure many participated. Well, yeah, but it could also be the other theory we talked about. Uh, there's there could be an intergalactic Olympics where it's your yes. world competing, or if this was, you know, because it's they call them Earthicans. Yeah, basically, anyways, Earth is a big country Earth now. Is, yeah, it's all one big country because it's a president of the world. So probably this is the Olympics. Maybe they're now like a tiny event, so there's not that many countries anymore. Technically, I would think that the countries become kind of states uh, boroughs and then they have them all compete at the world olympics so that they can go on to the galactic well, olympics you, you know they have to it's, present it's, their cream yeah, crop like the pre- preliminary events leading up to the olympics i'm glad they didn't show all the yeah. countries because if they walk if they show all the uh, you know the procession of all the countries coming into this well, stadium I, re- I remember the it's boring i went out on like when the opening ceremonies for the 2012 olympics I went out at, like, they, the, they started at 4 o'clock, and I think I went out somewhere, but I came back home, like, 10 o'clock, I think the countries were still coming in, so. Yeah. A lot of countries. Limboers, on your marks. Get robbery. Limbo! So, a note about the Jamaican team. Uh, so, Hermes, uh, I guess the Jamaican team is detained at the airport due to one of their interests. One of their many interests. One of their, uh, aside from jerk pork and jerk chicken, so Hermie everything. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so Hermie fills in for the limbo team, and limboing is oh, now yeah. an Olympic exp- sport. Yeah, they. It was the five hundred meter limbo. <laughs> yeah, just pretty creative. Well, it's basically hurdles, except you go under instead exactly. of over. Exactly, under instead of over. And so. I, one of the jokes I really enjoyed was the 
I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget. The Flabo Dynamic Spandex Bodysuit, <laughs> which lowers his center of gravity. Yeah, which uh, that suit burst on him, though, mid-limbo. Mid-limbo, and his, and his stomach literally shifted from his, pretty much his knees up and, and knocked the... Yeah, and so that allowed Barbados Slim to take the, the, was it the gold medal? I guess it must have been the final then. Yeah. That mahogany gem... Yeah. Adonis, mahogany. Barbados Slim, it sounds like a name for a cigarette brand. Or or like a, yeah, actually probably a cigarette brand. I was going to say, or maybe like a rum or something, but Slim sounds more like cigarettes. Not that I smoke. Slim rum. Makes me want to smoke. Barbados Slims. The Adonis of May. The other events, they don't show everything, but uh, they show mostly the robot events, which is bending... Uh, and like they seem to like merge diving with bending in one event. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And also javelin. They just they just oh, yeah. bend the javelin in half and then throw it. it make it a boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the robots must play a lot of sports because we saw near the robot medic tent, uh, there was three robots impaled. They were all impaled with yeah. different uh, objects from different events. Yeah. So which kind of gave us insight into what what else they do that's so there's true. so i mean there's javelin those they the dra- javelins that were impaled in the robots were straight you uh, know what and it was there was five javelins impaled in one robot maybe that is the new event you <laughs> impale a robot with a javelin um there then was a tennis racket in, impaled in yeah. a robot and the, also the fencing first, yeah fencing that was the one i couldn't remember uh one of one of my jokes that i enjoyed uh, was when they brought the Olympic flame in and it was like a barbecue oh, lighter yeah. that took a few clicks, clicks to actually light it. That uh, was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, uh, I remember what you wanted to go over. Uh, the Olympic rings. There's now seven of them? Yeah, there's seven Olympic rings and... Yeah, there I guess it represents... Five. What do the Olympic rings mean? Just all colors of the world? Basically, I think united so. together. Yeah, I think the extra, I think right. the extra rings must be for robots, robots and aliens. aliens, alien immigrants. You know what? We'll probably just uh, with dual citizenship. I will look this stuff up later and put a link on the blog in the show notes, and then that'll solve that discussion. There we go. We don't have to worry about it. This episode brought to you by Extreme Walrus Juice. 100% concentrated walrus. Congo Jack! Another shocking twist! Yes, and I have a message for you from Colonel Matumbe. He says, this is from Congo Jack. Turn off that crapolama. All this inspiring multiculturalism is angering up my blood. Sweden? I don't think so. So we mentioned uh, Bender got a sex change in order to uh, legally com- legally compete in the Olympics. Um, so that kind of brings up what uh, Professor Farnsworth said, the inaccuracy of the robot genders. I think I'm paraphrasing, but we just wanted to talk real briefly about that, like how that seems to work. How do robots make babies? Well, I didn't want to talk about that, but if you would like to, I think they just build more robots. I think they build them into adulthood. It's like when uh, in Star Trek, when Data builds uh, 
Lol. Lol, yeah. He builds a fully formed adult, but he, he doesn't build That's right. a baby. Now, when he builds that robot, there is... <laughs> when he builds that robot, they, uh, it, its gender isn't assigned because she chooses her appearance. So that, I guess, is the question is when they build robots, do they build them with gender, I guess? No, no, I don't think they... They must. They could choose their own. Uh, don't forget uh, that robot... That we that was voiced by John DiMaggio, the transgendered uh, the robot, transgendered robot that was one operation away from being more woman than Bender could handle. <laughs> you couldn't afford me, honey. Damn, chica! One more upgrade and I'll be more lady than you can handle. Why are you so stupid, stupid? Hey, bite my shiny metal ass! You couldn't afford it, honey. So I guess the question is, what what identifies? Uh, male robots and fembots. Well, according Man to bots this episode, and fembots, it's the difference in the oil type. Yeah, and I don't know how that works, but maybe cars have uh, are male or female. Yeah, we just de- don't know yet. Depending on the brand of oil you yeah. use. Yeah, those, so there's uh, testosterone oil or fems oil. Fems oil, and well, those are just two brand names. I think they mentioned testosterone oil in general terms, though. Yeah, it's generic brand. And Fem's Oil, though, is, uh, is the official name for... I know you know it. I forget. Fem's Oil is the official name for... Well, like, the generic version is, like, whatever, whatever, lubricants. Whatever. Oh, yeah. The Fembot lubricants. They just, yeah, they call them Fembot lubricants. Yeah, robot hormones, that's definitely a distinguishing factor. The other factor is the antenna. Oh, right. Which clearly signifies a male robot. Yep, uh, because so they, they cut that off. Cut that off? Although, for the second time? For the second time, although this is the only time that it's really affected Bender's uh, sex. The first time, it was TV transmission. Oh dear, her mood swings are getting wilder. She's becoming a slave to her emotions, just like all women. Particularly you, Leela. <coughs> I'm worried about him too, Professor. One of the issues, though, that's been, that was brought up in this episode... Uh, was the professor's sexism also his racism and his racism but uh we were just note well we noted first in the olympic segment how racist the professor seemed some fans have uh, a a banner saying go sweden Sweden. he says no way and he rips the sign Uh, and that's come up uh in an episode we discussed previously the uh ball episode i think yeah we're racist against the signoids yeah um, but we haven't seen his sexism too often that I can think of. Um, we, yeah, we see it here and there. So why, uh, why do you think that he, he is this way and why uh, it seems to be tolerated by most fans? It's kind of odd. Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a good joke to draw upon. I, I think the bottom line is he's a senile old man and, you know, he's from a different day when they're, uh, had different uh, well I guess that's true I I guess a lot of older uh, men and women get away with a lot of things in society that's right so there's a few jokes uh, regarding to relating to his sexism I think a lot of them were uh, directed towards Leela yeah most of them were actually said something he really doesn't like (laughs) Leela apparently not I guess you give your your captain hard love 
she's a leader. I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty much all that we were going to talk about uh, for the episode. We didn't have a lot to cover. A uh, few uh, jokes. Yeah, there were some jokes we wanted to mention. We always do uh, our funniest line or funniest moment. Um, but if, if uh, Mike, if you have some things that uh, you wanted to mention before we get to that, uh, feel, yeah. feel free. One of uh, the jokes I enjoyed was when Bender does that bend dive oh yeah and then uh you know the judges he almost gets a perfect score and then they cut back to him and his uh he pretty much flashes them yeah. uh, you know not in, not intentionally this time and That's then he the gets a perfect <laughs> yeah you get and then he gets a perfect score i enjoyed that one any any jokes that stood out for you um well you know actually some of the jokes they were also kind of Sexist, but not from the professor. But uh, there was one one scene where um, there. This was after all the Olympic stuff and after Bender's sex change, and they were talking in their uh, living room area. And I forget exactly what they said, but uh, Fry asked Bender, "Like you're not really turning into like you're really Bender, right?" And he puts his drink down, and and Bender puts a coaster underneath the. I need the drink. Yeah, that was great. Of course not, Fry Coaster. <laughs> You're not really a lady anyway, right? Of course not. Dear Lord, a coaster. The Femsoil must be sashaying girlishly into your processor. Because you don't want little rings on the table. Hey, I'm a, I'm a fan of coasters. I, I have two of them on this desk right now. Oh, I've, I fully agree with you on that. Unless it's crappy furniture that you don't care about. Another joke I enjoyed was, of course, you know me and my background jokes. Uh, they go to Elzar's for dinner, Calculon and Bender. Oh yeah. And the uh, you know the the sign up front saying tonight's special is a leg of salmon, and he's actually I like eating that too. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That made that that didn't make any sense either. Like that. I mean, I know that Bender's had food before, but or cooked before, but he he ate a lot in that episode. Well, he's a gold digger. He's, you know, if you're going to go out on a date, you know, order, order the lobster. Clearly, leg of salmon is yeah. better than lobster. I'm sure it's pretty rare. Well, must be a mutated salmon. Yeah, I would assume so. It's like the three-eyed fish. <laughs> and of course, Elzar is in that episode briefly. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's one of my favorite. Yes, and uh, he bams. Bender and Calculon does not appreciate that. I'd appreciate it if you didn't bam the young lady. Uh, Elzar also voiced by John DiMaggio, so pretty uh, pretty busy guy in that episode. Yeah. Um, he did Bender. He also voiced Coilette. Yes, but that was well, it, Bender. But it's it's a it's female a version. Different. I think he did a really good job of the female voice, by the way, because sometimes people just put their pitch really high up. Yeah, he did put a different voice to it. You can, yeah. yeah. There was an obvious but it was, difference. But it's good. A little bit of a lisp and slightly higher, but um, a good, a good job. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the other jokes that I liked, and it wasn't really a joke so much like an implied thing, but the entry to the Olympics was the same day. Like, Bender was able to register right then and there. I thought that was kind of yeah. funny. So I have a best line that I wrote down. Right. Do you have a best line and a best joke? Um, it's a line, but it wasn't spoken. I'll just say that much. Okay. And so it, it doubles as uh, the best joke. 
Fair enough. Hybrid. Go ahead. Yeah. What um, is it? It's at the end of the episode when Calculon and Bender are about to get married, and the banner above the wedding is uh, it's, it's, it's this wedding ceremony, but underneath it, it says, Ordinary People Not Invited. <laughs> yeah. And then part of that was the whole... Uh, 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 what, what did the preacher say? Something like, All Celebrities Gathered Here Today or something like and, that. And... Uh, all celebrities and talent agents, yeah. something like that. So that, that looking whole, for for an actor to play a preacher. That whole concept, I, I thought that was that was the best. That's pretty good. Dearly beloved actors and casting people who might be looking for someone to play a preacher, I welcome you. The bride has written some vows that we will now all pretend to be interested in. Uh, I had a best line, and it was between Fry and Hermes. At the start of the show, when Hermes is talking about how he was able to get on the Jamaican limbo team, and of course Hermes is a little pudgy since his old days, and Fry asks him, "But how have they? But have they seen your physique since the old days?" And Hermes said, "I described it to them on the phone using a series of artful euphemisms." <laughs> oh, one thing I just remembered uh, about the scene that I talked about—the wedding scene—I just really liked the uh, the elaborate uh, the elaborate soap opera plot that they devised to get Bender out of the wedding that the whole sequence was kind of funny that was like, a good with secret. Congo Jack what did you yeah. think about uh, overall story wise of the episode I thought it was pretty good um, I didn't remember w- what most of the episode was about like I forgot that it was uh, you know a story of Calculon or sorry Bender trying to scam Calculon and it turned out to be a solid episode, better than mm-hmm. I remembered it. It was decent. It wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but there's definitely some... I think the takeaway point for me was that best line, the yeah. artful euphemisms. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking, too. Like it, uh, this, When we were talking about picking this, we only picked it because it ties into the Olympics. So, And I was thinking this probably wouldn't be an episode I would have chosen in the first place if it didn't have to tie into the Olympics, but uh, it was just a good time. Yeah, good timing. That was a pretty good episode, though. Yeah. In the end, you know, pretty pretty pleased with it. And they brought up some uh, some good uh, uh, transgender issues that I'm sure there have been many <laughs> debates about. <laughs> um, so that's it for the for the podcast for this week. Uh, not sure what we're doing next week, but uh, we'll promise to do better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll actually watch the episodes uh, prior to recording. Uh, we always do. I don't know. I should rephrase. We'll watch it uh, instead of right before we record. Don't give away <laughs> our secrets. Uh, well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget uh, to send an email if you need to. Yeah, and uh, I'm Steve Gower. He's Mike Mercero. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Gower. I'm Steve Gower. Do you think they could tell the difference? <laughs> no. Not yes. not until ten episodes in. Did you look up the medical? No. Do they have blubber? Uh, wal walruses, walry, walry. Um, possibly. <laughs> Not sure San Diego can... Oh, I already read that one. Not sure... <laughs>
I said in the picture. One more upgrade and I'll be more lady than you can handle. Yeah, she did the snaps. So, did you hear that rays from Earth's sun now proven to enhance bus line? On men too! Makes your pegs, pecs bigger. Pegs, pecs. Euphemism. Bam!